Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. The question for this half-hour program is, how do you show Jesus you love him? Jesus is up in heaven, we're down here on earth. How do I, down here on earth, show Jesus that I love him? Well, Mary of Bethany will answer that question for us. This is not Mary, the mother of Jesus. This is a different Mary, Mary and Martha, a sister of Lazarus. And let me tell you her story. It's about 32 AD. It's a Saturday. In six days, Jesus will be dead. He knows that, but he's the only one that knows that. He's predicted it's going to happen, but nobody understands it. Jesus is now very famous because recently he raised Mary of Bethany's brother, Lazarus, from the dead. So they have a big dinner for Jesus and Lazarus. While they have the dinner, Mary of Bethany, Lazarus's sister, takes a very expensive jar of perfume, breaks the seal, pours the perfume on Jesus' feet, and wipes his feet with her hair. The fragrance fills the house, and Judas starts to grumble. Well, what a waste of money. She could have sold that perfume, and we could have fed the poor, and rah, rah, rah. And Jesus says, Judas, let her alone. She is preparing my body for burial. And from now on, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what she did tonight will be told in memory of her. That's the story. I learned five things from Mary of Bethany on how to show Jesus that we love him. Would you take out your Bible? Let's turn to this story, John chapter 12, and let's pray. Father, we are sinners and we love ourselves a lot, but we don't love you like we ought. We ask you, Lord, to teach us, help us, love you like Mary of Bethany and to show that love. Speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 12, starting at verse 1. Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, when he would die, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus raised from the dead. So they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving, but Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with Jesus. Mary of Bethany then took a very took a, a pound of very costly perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus. Let's stop there. The first way you show Jesus you love him, it says she gave the best. She could have put water on his feet. Instead, she put very expensive nard on his feet. Let's talk about what nard was. Nard was a perfume that was imported to Israel from in India because it was made from a plant that was only found in India. Can you imagine how much it cost in 32 AD to import something from India? In fact, it, it says here that it was enough. A pound of nard would have been worth a whole year's wage for a common laborer. It was as if when she broke that seal, Mary was writing a check for a whole year's salary and putting it in the plate on Sunday morning. The point being, 
Mary gave Jesus the very best. That's one way you show Jesus you love him. She didn't use water, she used perfume. I read of this Japanese teacher at a Bible school. She really wanted to send one of her students back into Japan to evangelize the Japanese. So she committed that I will give this much of my salary every month so you can go preach the gospel. Someone heard about this and knew this woman and how much money she was already giving to her elderly mother every month and said, you know, really, that's a wonderful thing for you to do, but that's too hard for you. And the woman looked at her friend and said, I want it to be hard. <laughs> Mary of Bethany teaches me, let's love Jesus by giving him our best, even if it's hard. Verse 3, she anointed the feet of Jesus with the nard. She wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Here's the second way you show Jesus you love him. She got emotional. I mean, when you think of Jesus on the cross and what he did to bring you the forgiveness of your sins and that he loves you that much to go through that agony, do you ever get a lump in your throat? Ever get a little tear in your eye when you think about Jesus? Let's talk about emotions here. I'm German. I was raised in a German Lutheran church in Omaha. Can I tell you how we sang the hymns in my Lutheran church? Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. I mean, <laughs> we were not known for jumping up and down and shouting hallelujah in my Lutheran church in Omaha. But you know what? I think we need to get over that a little bit. Mary of Bethany is getting very emotional. It's good to get emotional in church. If you tend to be a straight-laced, non-emotional Christian, there is hope. Because let me tell you the story of Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards was known for being a very intellectual, very puritanical Puritan, very straight-laced. He would read his sermons rather non-emotionally, but people would weep when he read his sermons. But here's what happened to Jonathan Edwards one day from his diary. As I rode out into the woods for my health in 1737, I alighted from my horse in a retired place, as my manner commonly has been, to walk for divine contemplation and prayer. I had a view that for me was extraordinary, of the glory of the Son of God as mediator between God and man, and his wonderful, great, full, pure, and sweet grace and love, his meek, gentle condescension. This grace appeared so calm and sweet, it appeared also great above the heavens. The person of Christ appeared ineffably excellent, with an excellency great enough to swallow up all thought and conception. This continued as near as I can judge, about an hour. It kept me the greater part of the time in a flood of tears, weeping aloud, to lie in the dust, to be full of Christ alone, to love him with the holy, pure love, to trust in him, to live upon him, to serve and to follow him, to be perfectly sanctified and made pure with the divine and heavenly purity. I have several other times had views very much of the same nature and which have had the same effects. In other words, it's good to get emotional about God. Third thing she did to show Jesus she loved him. Number one, she gave the best. Number two, she got emotional. Third thing she did, verse four, but Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples who was intending to betray Jesus, said, why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to poor people? 
Next thing to do to show Jesus you love him, she endured criticism. If you read the same story in the Gospel of Mark, it says that some of the disciples, Judas leading it, snorted at her. That's the Greek word. They snorted at her. <laughs> and Jesus says, let her alone. Here's the point. We need to beware of criticizing people who are getting emotional about Jesus. Beware of that. If some churches want to jump up and down and shout when they worship, so what? Why not? I was, my dad ran the racetrack in Omaha. I was an usher at the racetrack for three summers. I watched every race at the racetrack. And when the horses came around that corner toward the finish line, everybody got up, jumped up and down, and screamed. And I'm thinking this, if they can get excited about a horse race, you and I need to be very careful that we criticize anybody who gets excited about Jesus. Jesus said to the snorters, let her alone. She's preparing my body for my burial. You know, talk about snorters. There's a pastor in Mora, Minnesota. According to the newspaper, 400 angry homosexuals showed up to protest in front of his church because he has the audacity to say what the Bible teaches, that homosexual behavior is a sin, and he got picketed. I found his phone number and I called him. And I said to him, 400 people are snorting at you, but Jesus is smiling on what you're doing. Verse 6. Now, Judas said this not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as he had the money box, he used to pilfer what was put into it. Therefore, Jesus said, let her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Next lesson, notice what happens here. She was praised. And, and again, if you read the same story in Matthew 26, it adds, wherever the gospel's preached, what she did for me this night will be told in memory of her. So notice something. When the world snorts at you, Jesus praises you. Do you ever think that God praises you? I mean, we're supposed to praise him, but does he ever praise you? I had a friend say to me, Tom, God appreciates you. <laughs> and I didn't quite know how to take that. I mean, I know he loves me and that I'm a sinner and that he puts up with me, but does he appreciate me? Well, this story teach, teaches when you take a stand for God, even if people are snorting at you, God appreciates you. Let's sum this up. How do you show Jesus you love him? Well, number one, she gave Jesus the best, not water, she gave nard. Number two, uh, she uh, was willing to be snorted at and unappreciated. Uh, number three, she got emotional. And number four, she, she let Jesus praise her, <laughs> which was kind of different. All right, let me close, though, this, this part of the show with giving you the main lesson from this story. Here it is. Be extravagant toward Jesus. That's how you show him you love him. You just be extravagant toward him. I told this story before, but I love this story. Years ago, a member of the royal family of Sweden's name was Princess Eugenie. Very wealthy woman, Christian woman. One day she sold her diamond collection, a fortune, 
to build a hospital for terminally ill patients. She would visit the hospital. Here's an old woman dying who did not know the Lord, but the princess talked to her, and as she left, she said to the attendant of the hospital, take special care of that woman. I would love to see her come to know Christ before she dies. Well, she visited again, and here's a smile on the face of this old woman. And she had accepted Christ and went to heaven when she died. And the princess goes back to the palace and says to her husband, I saw the glitter of my diamonds today. Let me ask you something. Have you ever done anything extravagant for Jesus? I would ask you just, that when this show is done, spend some time praying and just say, Lord, I want to show you I love you. Is there something extravagant I can do for you? And then do it. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of Scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, you said it's good to get emotional for Jesus, but can't emotions lie to us? Yes, they can. So we have to be careful on emotions. I'll give you an example, Jackie. I went a while ago to Nauvoo, Illinois. That is the Mecca for Mormonism. That's where Joseph Smith and um, Brigham Young lived, and then they, he, Brigham Young, because they killed Joseph Smith, the angry crowd, not the Mormons, and then he took them to, to Utah. But they've got the original houses of Joseph Smith uh, and these original Mormons. They've kind of turned it into a Williamsburg, Virginia for Mormons. So I, I wanted to go and see this. Here's all these old houses. You go inside the old house. The Mormon guide tells you the story of the Mormon missionaries. And she gets tears in her eyes telling you about these wonderful men of God. And she says to me, now you've got to appreciate men like that, don't you? And I just had to not say anything. And you know what it taught me, though? You can get real emotional and be wrong. I, and then I went, in the same town, there's a Christian missionary that has a, a, a mission trying to get Mormonism to Christianity, away from Mormonism. And he said, yeah, I've learned that too. Emotions can be so deceptive. So just because somebody gets emotional about something does not mean that they're right. We've got to test our emotions against the written word of God. And when you do that, the Book of Mormon does not stack up. Okay, so how do we know if something we feel is from God or not from God? Yeah. Um, I think, again, you test everything against Scripture. And if you have a real strong feeling that Joseph Smith is a prophet of God, and then you read that a prophet of God does not claim there are thousands of gods, then you've got to throw out the, the vision. So I think emotions have a big place in the Christian life, but they're not the final word. The final word is the written word of God, which is why Christians need to be reading the Bible daily. Okay, what should we do when someone criticizes our faith? Uh, it says in Romans, what is it? Romans chapter uh, 2, or no, chapter, thir chapter 12. Bless those who persecute you, bless and curse not. So when somebody dumps on us because we're a believer, we quietly endure it pray for their soul, and we bless them. <laughs> wow, that's a hard thing for a Christian to do, I think, yeah. though. Sometimes you just kind of want to 
really fight with the, yeah. that issue. And, well, there is a time to defend the faith. Paul the Apostle defended the faith, the disciples. So there's a time to do it. But, we, but Paul says, correct those opponents with gentleness that God perhaps would lead them to repentance. So we need to be gentle with people. Okay, Mary of Bethany gave the best to the Lord. What would you say that would look like in our lives today? Mm -hmm. We don't have nard, and we don't yeah, have yeah, Christ in front right. of us to... Well, the, uh, you know what I would just say, Jackie? I, again, everybody, when, we're, when, this, when you turn off this TV show, just take a few moments to pray and say, Lord, I do love you. My love isn't that great, and I sin, and my love for you is not so hot, but I do love you. Is there something I can do just to show you I love you? I think it's going to be different for everybody. Okay. You don't have any suggestions? Um, well, if they're not a tither, I would start tithing. That means giving 10% of your income to the Lord. And then above tithing is what's called offerings, where you give more than 10%. Okay. Yeah. That was my next question for you, is do you believe in tithing for Christians, or is that just an Old Testament thing? Sometimes I hear people say, well, Tithing is, is under the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. Christians in the New Testament are not required to tithe. What do you say to that? Well, they're kind of right. There's not a requirement in the New Testament to tithe. Pa Paul's admonition is, give as you prosper. That's the way he puts it. And so here's what my response, though, because people are trying to use this to be greedy. The Old Testament Jews knew this much about the love of God. Christians, since the crucifixion, know this much about the love of God. Now, will we be moved to give more or less than the Old Testament believer? More! We should be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think, too, if people actually do try tithing, they will find what a blessing it is because things come back to you that you never expected. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I 100% believe it works. <laughs> Will God actually praise people on Judgment Day? I think he w will, because if you read Romans chapter 2, that's all about Judgment Day. And at the end of Romans chapter 2, Paul talks about people whose praise will come from God and not from man. In other words, Jackie, my goal in life, and I, this is hard for me to do, I've got to care about not what do people think about me. I care way too much about that. I've got to stop that and think, what does God think about this? And on Judgment Day, then, my praise will come from God and not from man. What kind of praise would God say to us as sinners? Well, I good. just can't imagine well, well, I, What's coming to mind is when Jesus in that parable says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Okay. That's so, you know, Jackie, you and I have sinned, and we repent, and we ask for forgiveness. There will be things God says, Well done, good and faithful servant. Okay. Yeah. Judas grumbled at Mary, and we know he betrayed Christ, and then he killed himself. So is it possible that God forgave him, and we'll see Judas in heaven? I don't think we'll see Judas in heaven, because Jesus said it would have been better for that man who is betraying me if he had never been born. That says to me he's in hell. And there's no indication that Judas ever repented. He killed himself. I mean, Peter sinned, but he repented. Judas sinned, and he killed himself. Well, if he killed himself, that's a sin, isn't it? It is a sin. So, yeah. I mean, he wouldn't be able to get into hell. Well, you know, that's a different question. What if there's a, what if, uh, here's, here's a Christian woman, loves the Lord, and kills herself. And her Baptist pastor had to get up and preach that sermon. 
And some would teach, well, she's in hell, she didn't have time to repent. His message was, we're all going to die with sins on our soul that we didn't have time to repent of right before we die. You know. And his point was, she was a Christian woman, she sinned at the end, but Christ died for all sins, even the sin of suicide. So I guess the question is not what you do in your last breath, it's were you following Christ during your life? So is, now, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Yeah. Is suicide a sin? I think it is. Yes, it is. Because you are taking a life. You're taking the life that God put on this planet. And it troubles me that in Washington and Oregon, we have physician-assisted suicide. That's evil, Jackie. I don't think anything's wrong with the doctor letting you die. But to kill you, that's a whole different thing. But if a person makes the choice, though, It's still wrong. It's... I mean, the people that are doing this in, in, uh, in Oregon are having the doctor kill them. It's their decision. Okay. What should we as Christians do with some of the people who we see have these tendencies that really want... I mean, what can we as a Christian say to, yeah. to help someone? If somebody's... And, you know, here I go visit somebody, and she's in such pain. Oh, Pastor Brock, I just wish I could die. You know, I, I commiserate. I said, you know, there are days I want to die. There are days the Apostle Paul wanted to die. He said, it is far better to depart and be with Christ. But for some reason, Paul said, but for me to stay is better on your account. So for some reason, you're still here, and let's pray, and, and the Lord will take you when it's his time. <laughs> okay, and what was the organization you talked about? I think we need to bring that up again, that you can check that you're not giving money to... Yeah, it's called the ECFA. That means it's a good group, the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. And if a group has that seal, ECFA, that's a good group to give to. Now, Jackie, we don't have that seal because we're a shoestring <laughs> operation, but big groups that are able to be, go through that process, uh, Samaritan's Purse is a great thing. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs, helping Christians that are persecuted is a great thing. All kinds of great groups that have the ECFA seal, and you know it's not going to go to somebody's Cadillac. Okay, and then as long as we're talking about that, when we were talking about tithing, tithing should be to your immediate church, correct? You, you know, there's nothing in the Bible about it, but my belief is you should give your 10% of your income to your local church. They're the ones that are feeding you and sending out missionaries. But your offerings, above and beyond the 10%, I give wherever I want. Campus Crusade for Christ or, uh, or Samaritan's uh, Purse or Voice of the Martyrs. Yeah. And so... Is there any place else, or is there questions you should ask of an organization? You know, we're, yeah. in this yes. Yes. in this day oh, of age of telemarketing and so, everything. So, Jackie, my car dies, and I want to donate it somewhere. And here's this group, Christians International, or something like that. It just smelled a little funny, so I went to their website. Well, it turns out to be the old Children of God cult. They've just changed their name. I'm not giving them my money. So go to their website and make sure this is a, read their statement of faith, make sure it's a Trinitarian group that believes in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, etc. Okay. Um, so should we be giving our gifts to things locally that would benefit in our community or worldwide? Or is there a distinction between those two things? You know, you, know, you do as you pray, uh, feel led. Uh, like, for instance, uh, Teen Challenge is a wonderful Christian ministry that's local. And, and, but, you know, Jackie, because I've been overseas, and I see how much further one American dollar goes in, in, in India than it goes here. My tithe goes to the local church. My offerings generally go overseas. And I support the Jesus Film Project around the world through Campus Crusade for Christ. That money goes a lot further overseas. So, 
Okay. Pastor, but just, it's different for everyone. Pastor Brock, you know, we've been doing this show for how many years now? Twenty-five. Twenty-five <laughs> We've years. all gotten older and balder as people watch us, Jackie. And grayer. <laughs> <laughs> but um, where is our ministry going now? Yeah, yeah. Well, everybody, let, let's talk to the audience here. Thank you for praying for us and for giving. You know, we've had uh, people have been generous. That's why we've been on the air for 25 years. For the last two years, we've been on national television. If people get DirecTV or Dish Network, anybody can get our, our show. And we've got a website, pastorstudy.org, where if you don't have our TV show, you can watch all of our TV shows on the website by just pushing a button. So if you know someone that needs this show, pastorstudy.org. So what we're going to ask for people, though, please pray for this ministry, because right now the money is not coming in to do the national TV show anymore. It's a lot of money to be on nationally. We'd love to continue. We think we've got an important message for the church these days, but the money isn't coming in. So unless the Lord moves, we're going to have to close shop on the national ministry at the end of this year. But we believe God moves, so would you pray for God to move, and if the Lord nudges you to give, pastorstudy.org, or see the address at the end of the program. And I'd like to tell you a little bit more, too, that if you are thinking about doing something with a ministry-type program, we owe a lot to Northwest Community Television, mm -hmm. because Northwest Community Television provides us with a studio, with yeah. equipment, with staff that are knowledgeable, has given us the training that we needed in order to put this show together. So if you're looking for something to support, and that's to back to your own cities, mm -hmm. if you have a community television network, too, mm -hmm. that they do a lot of things. And, you know, let's tell it we're a very shoestring operation. You're a volunteer. Your husband, Fred, who does the directing, is a volunteer. Carol and Joel, who are our, our uh, uh, people behind the, the scenes, they're volunteers. Um, but it costs about $12,000 a month to do all that we do with our national ministry. And that's why, unless the Lord steps in, you know, we're, we're just going to have to close that part down. But, but, you know, we praise the Lord. I didn't expect to be on national television even for two years, but so far we're bumbling along. So and there I you didn't go. expect to be with you on it. There you go. <laughs> so it was a surprise <laughs> to me, too. Yeah. Pastor Brock, why don't you just close us with prayer? We yeah. want to pray that God would be with you this week, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. But let's let Tom yeah. pray. Well, Lord, we do want to pray that each of us would be extravagant. Lord Jesus, show us each how we can do one thing that will just show you that we love you. And Lord, we would pray that we would then just not only see what it is, but joyfully go ahead and do it for your glory and for our own good. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.